Welcome back to another episode of Podcast P presented to you by Prize Picks, a Wave Sports and Entertainment original. Hope everyone had an amazing holiday season and look forward to the new beginnings in 2024. Make sure y'all like, subscribe, and rate the episodes and our shows. Today we have another banger. We got one of two of the last 2010 Mohicans, myself being one, Gordon Hayward being the other. Welcome to the show, Thank my, you. my guy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Mohicans. Mohicans. I love that word. <laughs> one of two, man. One of two. It's, it's awesome to share that with you. I mean, we, we got to get into all of the likes. We know you're a big time gamer. Yeah. You know, like I said, me and you share that, that draft class together. I didn't know you're a big time chess player. Big time might be overstated. Okay. But I do like, I love Avid playing chess. chess. Player. There you go. Yeah. Okay. I'm not uh, that good, but I do like playing chess a lot. I've kind of, I feel like as the years have gone by, like my, I matured a little bit. And so yeah. now it's less video games, more chess. You can get games in quicker. Yeah. That's a different yeah. gamer right there. Oh yeah. That's a different transition. Do you have a rating? Cause don't, don't chess players have certain, yeah, like, are you so tracking I'm, it and everything? I'm right around 1200. So That's good from my. Generally they say like zero to 1200, you're like novice. Uh, 1200 to. 17, 1800 is like intermediate. And then anything over that, you're like master level. So I'm like right on the border of novice and intermediate, I'd say. How many games you think you've logged? <laughs> Actually, I just saw that today. They did this uh, <laughs> like chess, your chess in a year thing on chess.com. And I think I played 385 games. Okay. So a couple games a day, but it's, it's five minute increments. So you can get games like yeah. really quick. Okay. You know when you play so somebody like games you, a day, you look forward to like, oh, okay, yes, this was an easy one. Or is it like, any I, my you teammates. want the tough ones? Any of my teammates you are know, easy. easy. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> have you played against uh, Yogi, Yogi Ferrell? I have not. Does he play chess? He's a big time. Like, so he was with us, what, two, three years ago? And he would travel on the plane with the chess board. And we would play sometimes on the plane. Like and real, like over the board chess. With yeah, over the board. And like, you know, you know how the, 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 the planes yeah, are. Yeah. Like we'll sit side by side. We'll set the de or the, the chess board right in the middle and, and we would play. Uh, he's pretty good. He's he's pretty good. I, I play chess a little bit. I'm not, I would never say I'm I'm yeah. even <laughs> decent at it. Right. But I had a, a background as a kid of playing chess. And then, so I, I have some history there. But right. Yeah, it's I'm, fun to play because it's, it's me versus you. And if you want to learn, you can really learn after each game and analyze it and figure out, okay, how do I get better? Mm -hmm. And that part's really cool, especially as an athlete and competitor. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, how do I get better? Look, the NFL season is getting closer to playoff time and Prize Picks has got you covered when it comes to helping you make some money. That's right. With the season here, Prize Picks is helping me cash in. Prize Picks is a daily fantasy app and with the NFL playoffs around the corner, you can select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats and turn 25 into 250, baby. Prize Picks is really simple to play now. I can make my picks and submit early in less than 60 seconds. It's also that time of the year where many sports are happening at the same time. And of course, Prize Picks allows you to pick combo projections across football and basketball with specials. So you can support all your teams while still cashing in. Look, I don't know about you, but I've been cashing in, Dallas. Mm -hmm. But we'll get to you on another day, okay? For now, just make sure y'all go visit prizepicks.com slash podcastp and use code podcastp for a first deposit matchup to a hundred dollars and y'all already know what time it is Cha -ching! so funny enough i talked about this moment in season one uh you came back our, our rookie year you came back to indiana 
and uh, oh, yeah. you had a fast break. I, mean, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, Dante Jones <laughs> had you. Uh, from my point of view, I thought Don, Dante Jones was going to level level you off mm-hmm. and was going to set me up to be an easy block at the rim. Yeah. Oh, he let me. He go. lets you go, <laughs> and you're flying down the court. And as soon as I jumped, I just knew it was it was this is this was stupid. <laughs> you that punched was, the shit on me with yeah, the left hand. You yeah. you remember the moment? I, I remember the exact moment. Um, <laughs> Because for one, like those were my only two points the whole game. Because <laughs> uh, I wasn't really playing that much back then. And I also remember because when I checked in, I got a standing ovation from yeah. the crowd. Like we had just made our big run to the national title game. And so everyone in Indianapolis was still fired up about Butler and, mm-hmm. um, you know, me being drafted. And so that was, that was definitely a moment I'll never forget. I mean, one of my favorite moments of my career. No, nothing personal yeah. on you, but uh, it was more <laughs> just like being back home. I mean, the first game you get to play when you're back home, I mean, it was it was so special. Yeah. Get a poster of it. Look what he did. Yeah. So you could do the same thing. I could, yeah, I could. <laughs> <laughs> I could it do was, that. It, it, it just, because the crowd went crazy. Like, Oh, they went nuts. He's from yeah, Indiana. They went nuts. And so he punches it on me, and like the crowd just goes crazy. What quarter was it in? It was That'd second be, half. It was it, second half. because It wasn't guys, like a big time bucket, though. Like, yeah. Like, like a meaningful bucket type thing. Okay, okay. Yeah, like game it, deciding. Yeah. Luckily, I think you guys won that game crazy. too, if I remember. I think so, but I, no one that was at the game cared about that. <laughs> they just cared about me dunking. Did you give him any like looks after or anything like that? Any nothing? I don't think so. I was happy to be on the court, to be honest. And like you know, when you're a rookie, you're just out there trying to make it. Yeah, at least I was. Yeah, dunk So we. Uh... <laughs> I think if you're in this league long enough, you're going to get yeah, dunked it, on at it, some it's point. It's bound time. to happen. Somebody's going to catch you. Right. Um, so 2010, you're drafted ninth to Utah. I'm drafted 10th to Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always talk about this on the show about how many workouts you had leading up to to the draft. I had 18, which is a lot. And, and it's been, I think one person beat me. I forget. How many workouts you had? I was, so it was either 14 or 16. I mean, I had a bunch too. Yeah. Because I think we were both... You know, our careers have been so intertwined throughout the years. We both started with the same agency. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you went to Indiana, mm-hmm. 9, 10. I'm from Indiana. We both get hurt all the I mean, mm-hmm. we're the only ones we left right now. We had a in Chicago, <laughs> um, right? We did the combine in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. And I remember we went out to eat in Chicago. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure you blocked my shot in one of the live sessions. <laughs> they surprised me. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I think I had 14 or 16 because it was, I was projected to go anywhere from like fifth to like 28th. Um, and so there was, I was working out for everybody. Yeah. And didn't really know until I think we got the phone call because we were, I was there in New York. Were you there in New York too? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got the phone call sitting at the table and Mark's like, Utah's going to take you right here. And that was like, it wasn't like I knew where I was going to go. Yeah. You worked out with Utah? I did work out with Utah. That was, that was, the best workout I had as far as the the guys, it was like eight players. I think six of us were drafted in the first round. Okay. First or second round. It was a bunch of wings. So you had um, a good one, yeah. And I don't remember, like, I, I don't think I was killing by any means, but I, I had a good workout. Yeah. But it was just a loaded, loaded workout. Did you want to get drafted by Indy? Like, did you want to come? There was, a, there was a part of me that did, but I think it was, I, I was also, it would have been really nerve wracking to get drafted by Indy. Yeah. A lot of pressure. Home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I left after two years and like I said, Butler was still 
everyone was still so excited about the run and and they went back again the next year they were still really good Mm -hmm. but you have all these distractions friends family you know butler's 20 minutes from where i grew up Mm -hmm. i mean so my Indy would have been, I mean, that's it's home. Um, yeah, so would, it would have been hard to play. Exactly. You know, I'm, I'm me, yeah. Yeah. Kids, family members, everybody. <laughs> and it's hard to, much. I mean, it's especially at that stage of my career, I think it was good that I didn't get drafted by Indiana. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure my friends and family would have loved to have me there. Mm-hmm. But I think it was good to be able to go away. And mm-hmm. Remember I was like, because <laughs> in hindsight, obviously, uh, Clippers with, was the eighth pick in. I would have loved to been drafted by uh, Clippers and stayed home, but it was just something about going away and then going to Indiana. Indiana is a, a basketball culture there, mm-hmm. like, and so I think the young me really benefited off of being just hunkered down to playing basketball. Like that's right. like I feel like that's what you do. Like you know, there's there's no distractions. There's you know, you literally lock in into the gym, and, and Indiana's right. all about basketball. So I think it worked out perfect that I went there first. Yeah, um, a little smaller market too. You're not getting as much into trouble. Exactly, not as exactly. Much to do. Just helps you get going, I think, professionally. Mm-hmm. Which was similar from with me in Salt Lake. I mean, Salt Lake is similar to Indy size wise, mm-hmm. and it's really just from your apartment to the <laughs> arena to the airport mm-hmm. and back. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all really that I did that yeah. first year. Yeah, same. <laughs> I was going to say. Like, <laughs> did you have a chance to work out with Miami at all? I'm not sure if you I did that. work out with Miami, yeah. How was that workout? Because everyone that comes on the show, he swears it was like the most difficult workout I was full ever. court ones. Um, <laughs> See? I mean, defensive slides, the whole deal. Yeah, that was a tough workout, I yeah. remember. I was, um, I was telling him like, yeah, see, that, it's no, full it's, court it's one-on-one. It's it's one-on-one. Yeah, I, I had tough. to do this That's shit brutal. against all point guards. So yeah. like I had defensive point guards. Like I had Avery Bradley in it. I think Dominique Jones. I had a couple of workouts with him. Um and, and they're uh and Avery's a dog on the ball too. Eric yeah. Blesso, <laughs> like I had like oh, and we're playing one on one full court. And I'm telling them like the whole time, I'm like Magic Johnson, like backing these motherfuckers <laughs> down full court because they just in my shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you arrive to Utah, you have a great coach uh in Jerry Sloan, and your team was just stacked. Uh, mm-hmm. With Darren Williams, Al Jefferson, Paul Millsap, Andre Karolinko, coming in as a rookie, what was it like being in that locker room environment with that team? Yeah, I mean, so we were supposed to be good, and like I kind of mentioned earlier, my thing was I wasn't very highly recruited coming out of high school. Like I was never, I wasn't a McDonald's All American, anything like that. So I mean, it was my dream to play in the NBA, but I never really thought I would get there. So the fact that I was drafted in the first round to a team, to any team, mm-hmm. um, I was just trying whatever I could to make it. So I was, you know, trying to be a sponge, soak up everything I could I could learn, um, just trying to do all the little things that I could to be out on the court. And like I mentioned, I didn't really play um, in the very first part of the season and be very sparingly. Um, but I had some, some great vets, um, D-Will, Al, AK. I mean, you think about all the vets that we've had mm-hmm. over the years and like you look back and it's it's it seems like it was just yesterday mm-hmm. even though it's been 14 years um <laughs> but you know for whatever reason we didn't they we, they didn't i think they made it to the second round the year before i got there and then we kind of disbanded the team that first season but um i can remember actually the very first i got to utah and uh actually i i drove my very first purchase as an nba player was a honda accord 
2010 Honda Accord. I blacked out the windows. <laughs> Love it. The rims. I thought I was, I'd never had a car before. So I thought I was, you know, big time. Baller. And uh, oh yeah. <laughs> and I drove with my dad because he, he went out with me till Thanksgiving, which was, which was actually good to help me get going in the right direction. And so we drove from Indy to, to Utah, which was 24 hour drive. Jeez. I haven't Man. driven like that ever again. I, I ship everything now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that you was a one and done. You had that Honda. I did. 300 I did. miles on it. You still go. I was, that was, I was hyped. And I get there and we're doing workouts with uh, just like the preseason type workouts. And uh, D. Will was there and I had to guard him because there was no other, there was a bunch of other big. So yeah. I was the only one guarding him. And this is D. Will in his prime, yeah. like all-star D. Will. Like this dude is, <laughs> and I'm sucking wind because it's the high altitude. All right. And I've been training in Indy the right. whole time. And he's like, what's the problem, Rook? Why are you so tired, Rook? I don't get tired, Rook. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, this is supposed to be my teammate. Right. And he's giving me such a hard time. But just, I think just checking me out as a player, seeing who I was going to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that first year was, I learned a lot for sure. Did they give you a hard time about the Honda at all? They did. <laughs> they definitely did. Um, <laughs> but I think it was, I always told them like, I don't know how long I'm going to last. So yeah. Who was your Smart. like? your your vet like who was your vet i would probably say rajah bell okay um i had to get einstein bagels two dozen <laughs> assorted bagels before every shoot around why are you laughing man it's funny as hell. <laughs> the stuff that they made you go get before every shoot around i yeah. had to go get those and my you remember jeremy evans yep um so he was like we were we were boys he had to go get two dozen banbury cross donuts everybody ate the donuts so I'm sitting there bringing these bagels that nobody Nobody's eats. Nobody's touching. And I'm like, why am I still getting these stupid bagels, man? Nobody's eating them. And Roger's like, it doesn't matter, Rook. You bring the damn bagels every single time. <laughs> it's funny, he still remember what the other dude uh, had to get. Too. Oh yeah, right. Banbury Cross, those were fire. Everybody ate the donuts. I never even heard of that. What kind of donut is it? It was just a local bakery in Utah. Oh. But, yeah, I had to get Dunkin' Donuts every time. You know the, don the, the one that was connected to what was it, Banker's Life back then? Yeah, yeah. Or Conseco, I don't know what, what was the first one. But I had to always go and get the, the Dunkin' Donuts, bring them down, and then we would get the Einstein bagels as well. Mm -hmm. um, Which but now yeah. everyone's got a nutritionist. So exactly, yeah, exactly, you don't even need but... that now. Or there's a chef or a kitchen there now. That's it, Leagues came a long way. For sure. <laughs> I, did you guys have a chef in like a kitchen at all your first no. year? Yeah, no. the league came a long way. We didn't have food after games. Exactly, yeah. And I remember saying, till, the, till you got to the plane, because it was like, you always ate your meals mm -hmm. on the plane. And I remember telling Quinn, like, Quinn, this was, this was, was, this was my third year, so I had a little more upstanding on the team. I'm like, <laughs> Quinn, my, our moms would pack sack lunches after yeah. games in high school like, <laughs> yeah. for, for the road. Like, like, come on, man. <laughs> we get something? something. We are an NBA team, yeah. right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> we get an orange? Like, something, God. We need some, some for recovery. <laughs> if I recall... During that rookie season, the Jazz went through a big old controversy with your boy D. Will yeah. and, and Coach Sloan, where what? Coach got replaced by Ty Corbin mm -hmm. and, and your boy got traded. Yeah. So what was the biggest takeaway from that situation? Man, uh, that the NBA is a business. I mean, <laughs> I learned that year. That was wild, actually. We were, do you want me to tell the story of how it happened? Yeah. So we were playing Chicago at home and something happened in the first half, and I don't remember what exactly happened in the first half, but it set off Coach Sloan. And, and so we, we're losing at halftime, and we come in during, during halftime, 
and he just normally he comes in and he like says something a little bit to the team before meeting with the coaches and coming back and he just stormed right right through the locker room and uh then d will came storming through the locker room right after him and followed him around the corner <laughs> and then the owner came through oh shit <laughs> and it was like everyone's looking around like yo something's going down and they went around the corner but you could still hear like the yelling them back and forth and uh then coach sloan came came out and walked straight back onto the court didn't say a, a single word the rest of the game like during timeouts during anything uh, he'd just sit there um I don't remember if we won or lost. Surely yeah. we would have lost that game. Um, and then after that, didn't uh, say anything to the team after the game. Next day, we got a text message like, "Practice, no practice tomorrow." And it was like, <laughs> "Coach, Coach Sloan resigned." And then that was that was it. And then That's Ty crazy. took over. And a week later, D. Will was traded. Yeah. Wow. And it was like the two going into that season, there were two people I thought would never would still be like Coach Sloan had been there for twenty seven years. D. Will was our all-star point guard, face of the franchise, right. both gone within a week. Yeah. So with, <laughs> with, with that said, how did you feel from going from not playing, your boy getting up out of here, and yeah. now you starting? Oh, I was loving it. <laughs> loving it. <laughs> like, loving it. Yeah, I mean, it couldn't have been better for me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you like, I love you. I went, from, for you huh? I went from not playing <laughs> at all to now I'm actually in the rotation a little bit, and um, I mean, it's, I think I always tell people the hardest part about, and I don't know how you feel, but the hardest part when you go from playing in college to being in the NBA for, I would say 98% of people is you're not playing mm -hmm. at all. And you got to sit there mm -hmm. and there's no, there's really no, a lot of times there's not even an explanation of why you're not playing. It's just, I'm not going with you because you're a rookie. You don't have the experience. I mean, coach Sloan said to me one time, I, I think he threw me in and I didn't play the whole first half, didn't play the whole third quarter. And then he threw me in the game, it was against Minnesota in uh, the fourth quarter, just threw me in the game. And I went in there and played really well. I think I had 10 points, we won the game. And the next day at practice, he was like, you know, you played really well yesterday. I'm not gonna play you moving forward here. <laughs> you just don't have the experience. And I'm thinking in my, to my head, like, well, I can't get experience unless right. I play. Unless right. you play. Right. And so that that's the hardest part when you come into the NBA is, just having to wait your turn. I would say for, like I said, 98% of people always, mm -hmm. need, like everybody goes through it. Mm -hmm. And that was the hardest part for me as a rookie that year. And something mm -hmm. that I just, you know, like you said, you learn, it's a business. They got you know, ultimatums and agendas, the people that are running things and you're along for the ride sometimes. Yeah, I went, the, went through the exact same thing in Indiana, right? So Jim O'Brien was the head coach my rookie year. Halfway through the season, they fire him. Frank Vogel takes over. You know, I wasn't playing at all. DMPs after DMPs. Then after the 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 he fired they fired uh, Jim O'Brien. I start starting mm -hmm. right. So it was a big transition. But like, I remember I would get cussed out in games that like I wasn't even suited up for. <laughs> like no, it's no, your fault. No bullshit. Like we'll be watching film and it'll be a game that like I'm wearing a suit. And he's killing me in film, like as if I w was making the fuck ups. Like he killing like you in what you way? In a suit? Like, I, yeah, how's how he, he killing? Look me? at Paul looking stupid over there. Look at him in a suit sitting there on the bench. No, what he would he? be like, like we'll be watching film, and like he'll just be cussing me out. Like, see, oh skinny God. prick. That's, this is like he would say. Oh, okay. He was like, no, he would say shit like this in film. Like wow. skinny prick. This is why we. 
are doing this and this is why like uh you know we can't seem to get in, like he would just cuss me out like I would do good in practice and I would steal the ball from like Danny Granger right and he'd be like come on Danny like skin, don't let the skinny prick like he would and I'd just be like damn like I mean, he was really hammering home the skinny thing right? yeah. 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 he would hit he would hit he would hit home on this every time he was trying to hint you Get some weight, get your weight up. Um, but it, 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 it was like I was, and, and I think he lost the team. Like that was the reason we fired him. He lost the team. The yeah. way he was just talking to us, to it was just yeah. crazy. But I say that to say we both went through the same yeah. uh, evolution from not playing to starting to play going into year two. Um, you start at 17 to finish off your rookie year, then go to 58 games. I was on the same uh, wave of starting 19 and then uh, second year starting 66. Uh, talk to me about the biggest adjustment from those two seasons where you're not not quite sure when your minutes is gonna be used yeah. to now we need you and you're a part of this team. Yeah. I mean, it's almost a different game when you're when you're the, the, the player on the end of the bench that you don't know whether or not you're playing at all and then you get thrown in there. Um, and you're really just out there playing not to mess up, which is a really tough way to play basketball. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. Um, when they, you know, fans are yelling at the player that comes in that never plays and then air balls or something, mm -hmm. like it's that's not who they are. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like they just they don't have the opportunities to then the when you when you are starting and you are you do have responsibilities. Um, you know, it's a little less. In my opinion, it was it's less pressure. I feel like I can mess up and still be out on the court mm -hmm. and I know that I'm going to play each game and I think that gives you confidence too and um the more you play the more confidence you get mm -hmm. uh the more experience that you have and so I I remember actually talking with one of my with one of my buddies about that and how um you know me and you both at the same time were starting to to play more and it was like the best thing for us because it you, you're not gonna you're not gonna learn things unless you just get out there and experience them. And so being able to be, to do that and mess up and um, at the time after we traded uh, D Will and then you know I think the next couple of years we still had Paul and Al, but then we traded them and then it was full like rebuild mode and mm -hmm. and there was almost just like zero pressure on the team to win. And that was like the best thing for my development because you're just. You're able to go out there and hoop. Nah, I can just be me. And then just, yep. yeah. And you're going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes. But um, the team wasn't necessarily worried about it. And so you can just grow as a player. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, that was that was the best for me. My my second year, you know, I, I had someone to look up to in Danny Granger. Um, so from afar, I would just watch how, like, I always knew and had the confidence that, like, all right, at some point, like, I'm going to be one of the best players in this league. But... I've always also been that person to be like, I know I have to wait my time. Like, so let me just learn as much as I can. And like I said, I had someone ahead of me that kind of showed me the ropes and watching Danny on a night, night to night basis. Like the game just seemed so easy for him sometimes. Like he could score, shoot the shit out of it. He was mm -hmm. strong as shit. He could post up. Uh, um, so it was, it was like an easy cheat code uh, to be like, oh, okay. Like, all you right. learn from him. Yeah, uh, at some point, like, all right, I, I see how you did that. Or I, mm -hmm. I, I see how you're reading the game. Like, so, uh, but I, I've always admired your game. I always felt like 
Like this dude plays like me. Like we have a similar play style. He can score from three levels. He defends. He can play make, push the ball in transition. Um, and so like I was like whenever you guys played, I was always checking to see like, oh, let me see what how how Gordon do tonight. Like Yeah, for sure. I think that's something that I it's I always did that me. with. I ain't gonna lie, you pushed me. Yeah. Well, I think it goes back to what I was saying about us having our career just intertwined. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's I think especially too because I'm from India and you were drafted in Indiana mm-hmm. and we were drafted so close and mm-hmm. same similar positions like I was always checking on you as well and as long as, as the other guys in our class too, you're rooting mm-hmm. for them a little bit seeing how they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um but I think it's 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 it is pretty amazing where the last two left. It's crazy. I don't know if we just old or like we're definitely old. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you firsthand being on the team that I'm on right now. No, <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. old. We got, we got a lot, lot of youngsters. young guys. We're old, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Who the oldest on y'all team? Uh, sh- pick one. You guys got to be one of the yeah, oldest yeah, in the league. Right? I think we're top three. Who else is older Russ. than you guys? Russ. Russ. No, Russ. PJ. 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 PJ's thirty eight. PJ's thirty eight. Hey, PJ thirty eight. Yeah. Who's the youngest? Wow. Brandon, Boston, Primo, Josh Primo. He's twenty one. Just turned twenty. And we know probably who the, who's the oldest on you. Probably you, huh? Ish, actually. Oh, this is we picked up Ish. He's thirty five, I think. Oh, thirty five. Because he's our draft class, but I think he played he four years. Like, yeah. It. Okay. And then the youngest, of course, is Brandon. What I would say. Brandon Miller, right? Yeah, he's yeah, he's got to be the youngest. Got to be the youngest, right? Yeah. So, Gordon, you were involved in a game with Kobe Bryant. And as a Kobe fan, I think there's a lot of different memories that most Kobe fans, you know, do have. And obviously that last game uh, that he played his final game of his career uh, against Utah, he scores 60. Can you walk us through that night? Because as a fan, like it was just so amazing to watch. Yeah. Did you find yourself like struggling to compete because you were just in such awe of like, was it a movie out there for you or like walk us through that? Okay. So this, I don't want to like, like I'm a big Kobe fan as well. So I don't want to like put that get last game down or for you, but we learned right before game time that the game didn't matter. Cause it was, the game would have mattered for us making the playoffs, but we, we learned right before that the game didn't matter. Somebody else had won. Mm-hmm. So we, mm-hmm. the game didn't matter at all. We weren't getting in. Um, and then, I mean, before the game, it certainly was a movie with all the celebrities that were there. Mm-hmm. Um, just the buzz that was in the air. I mean, you could feel it. It was, it was unreal. Unlike any game I'll ever play in again. But I will say we were up pretty handily most of the game. He probably airballed like six or seven times. I mean, he shot fifty shots. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That's, a, that's so a like, lot. Wait, how many times you said he that's airballed? That's a lot. He probably airballed like six or seven times. <laughs> I mean, he was. I wouldn't. I don't think he was that good throughout most of the game. Now the last three minutes, he was special. Special. The last three minutes was unreal. It was vintage Kobe, right? Yeah. He ended up winning the game for him. But I mean, I've the other thing that I I mean I've never I'll never be a part of is I mean there were people on his team that were passing up wide open shots like if they got the ball where's Kobe where's yeah. Kobe let me get Kobe the ball <laughs> like how can I screen for Kobe I mean the legal screens that were set the the refs had to be on it too because the legal screens that were set were wild yeah but I mean it was how can I get Kobe a shot the fans were booing when we stole the ball from him oh I mean God. like it, it was like everyone really knew, yeah. it to be Kobe's night like it was which it, it was it ended up being his night I mean like I said the last three minutes were a movie I mean the last three minutes the shots he was hitting you're just like all right I mean mm-hmm. it's, it's he's feeling it now 
Yeah, I remember that. I remember that day because I we it was the last game for us, and we were in playoffs already. Um, so I stayed home. We went to Milwaukee. They let us stay home. Some of the starters uh, stay home, so we didn't travel. Um, and after we watched our game, I cut that game on. And like you said, like Kobe was stinking it. Like oh, it was bad. I'm like, damn, he's going out sad. Like y'all were, <laughs> like y'all y'all had the game handed. Like I'm like, okay, this one's over. Like, and then yeah, like later in the game, like all right, he's like he's starting to get a rhythm. Like. Mm-hmm. Game goes on, goes on. Well, when goes you shoot on. that many times, you're bound to get. You're a bound to catch fire at some point, right? Like if you know you got that many shots coming, like you're, you're going to catch rhythm. So, uh, and that was similar to our last matchup that year. He he, when he came to Indiana, he shot poorly, like shot poorly all the way up into like the last two three minutes. It just everything was going for him, and the mm-hmm. crowd's going crazy now. Like every time he touched the ball, the crowd standing up. Right, right. It was just like, damn, we're like. Is this a home game for the Lakers here? Like, <laughs> that's how it was every time the Lakers came to Utah. It was yeah, a home game for them. it was a home game, right? I'm sure it was like that. In Same Indy in Indy. Too. Same yeah, in yeah. Indy. Lakers, Miami, they Chicago, travel. Boston. Yeah, they travel. They definitely travel. He was. I, I do have a picture of the captains' meeting with me and him, like uh-huh. shaking hands, like framed, like. That's, that's pretty cool. Did you get moment. anything like signed from him after that game, or? Uh, no. But I'm pretty sure we all got like, I don't remember, but I think there was like, like we all got like Kobe's last game shoes or something like that. Okay. There was something that we all got for being a part of the game. I think it was shoes. Yeah. Oh, you gotta have those still. Yeah, yeah. He acting like somewhere. he don't. The shoes. Well, you know, we got. <laughs> we just said, well, you, you acquire a lot of stuff. It's somewhere at the house. Yeah, yeah. Fast forward. Uh, for the 16-17 season, right? Mm-hmm. One, of, one of your biggest years, you guys win 51 games, you're an all-star, your points per game uh, is your highest clip, but you guys go against the Warriors, that dynasty team. Yeah. When you look back on that season, what can you attribute to the most that elevated you to, to make that jump? So, Right before that season, I worked out with Kobe actually to stay on the Kobe track, and uh, I hit him up, and I think I was one of the first to to work out with him post retirement, and um, worked out with him for three days, and which was awesome. But then from then on, you know, he was he was kind of like in my corner, and he taught me more than anything, and just the mentality. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone's talked about it before, but mm-hmm. I think that's what really took me to the next level was was that mentality. Um, just a confidence, just, uh, um, you know, we were really trying to do something in Utah that year mm-hmm. and it had been probably three years of us kind of like a core group together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it all kind of just came together, but I would honestly, I would say, um, uh, because of the prior seasons, I think I was right around, r- still right around like 20 points a game, like still doing well, but I think the, just having him i mean he would send me text messages after games and we would chop up film and mm-hmm. so i think just having that mentality is kind of what took me to what was what was the level. initial conversation there like hey cobe i'm i'm trying to get better like i'm i know yeah, that was so a, honestly this is what like, happened what exactly is i was were you trying i was to- i was at my boy's wedding in newport and kobe had just retired and we were just sitting there talking like me and the fellas and i and it was mentioned that he lived around that area. And I was like, 
man, like how would it like wouldn't it be dope like if I could work out with Kobe? And we're just talking about like, yeah, bro, like you should hit him up, you should hit him up. And now I'm getting like nervous, like I'm texting a girl yeah. or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I like, a couple I words. Yeah, I'm like, Brought a couple words. What do you think about this? What do you think this is? This is good. <laughs> but real talk, I got his number um, and sent him a text message that was like, hey man, like I would love to get in the gym with you and work for two or three days. I can come to you for however much time, any time that you could give me. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I want to get better and I want to learn from you. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, it was like that, the situation where you're like looking at your phone, like waiting, like <laughs> waiting to see who's <laughs> texting me. And I remember my mom texting me like, God damn it, mom. Like, <laughs> All excited. I'm not waiting for your text messages. Do you still got them text messages? I have, I don't have the text messages, but I have the emails. So anyway, so then he hit back like, yeah, bro, I would love to, let's do it. Um, I'm in town, X days, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we ended up setting it up. And when I was done with the three days with them, I had him send me all of his workouts that he would do in the summers, like his weight workouts, his track workouts, his shooting workouts. And he wrote the whole thing down in an email and sent it. And I think at the end he said, uh, I know it's a lot of shit, but if you're not trying to be the best, then what the fuck are you playing for? Mm-hmm. Wow. And that was the way he ended it. In I need Kobe. that email because I'm trying out next year. <laughs> <laughs> I need that. Dang. And I definitely dope, still have bro. that email. That's yeah, dope. that's dope. Which is really that's, cool. Man, so I was it, the, was I love the, the favorite. The ending part was my favorite. I don't even care what he said. <laughs> I know. All the other stuff. Was it the the crazy 3 a.m., 4 a.m. workout? Oh, there was, it was uh, three-a-day workouts for sure. And yeah. if you weren't up at 3 a.m., there's no way you're doing them. I mean, I was... I was like, I was hyped obviously after those three days. And so I went back to Indy actually. Uh, I was visiting family before going back home. And um, I did the morning workout of one of the days. <laughs> and it was all, his workouts were are all like makes. Like it's like one dribble, one, two, left, right, jump shot, make. You're making 15 of them. And then going to the right, doing the same thing. And then two dribbles. So like it was not complicated at all. Mm-hmm. It was just a lot of makes. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was probably... 90% hitting on these shots and it still probably took me two and a half hours in the gym to do this morning workout. Mm-hmm. I'm exhausted. I'm drenching wet. Yeah. Like just, and it was supposed to be then go back, eat something, go to the track, do sprints, go back, then go do weights, then come back at night and do another workout like that. Yeah. And I'm like, there is no way <laughs> yeah, you, that you can possibly do this. Ooh, I mean, I was hitting shots. If yeah. I wasn't hitting shots, yeah, I would've been there for like imagine. four hours. Yeah, imagine. At least. So what, like, so did you guys go through this during that three day workout? No, no, the, the workouts that we did during those were more just, uh, well, actually like, so the first day, the first day that we're there, you don't mind me telling this story. No, we, no, this no, no. Okay. I want to know love exactly okay. what happened in those three the first days. I'm trying to get better. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you need that email, P? We all need that email. The first day that we get there, I'm there with my assistant coach, Johnny Bryant. He said to meet, meet us at the gym at 7 o'clock, um, gave us the address. And so I don't know what's, what's about to happen, but I know that Kobe's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking this, he could have me run around this gym. I got to be well fueled. Mm-hmm. We're up at 5.30, me and my assistant. We're eating a good ass breakfast. Yeah. Okay. And then we're getting to the gym and we're there at 6.15, like early. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I don't want him to be there. You heard, everyone's heard the stories. Right. That so, but it, what, we showed up, it's this elementary school and it's like no one there. And we're walking around like, this is not a good look, us walking around this early a.m., this <laughs> elementary school. No one's there. We look, we go into the gym. Gym is locked. And we're walking around like trying to find a way in. Again, this doesn't look good. Yeah. 
and a janitor opens up the gym or op- or comes to the door. He's like, what are you guys doing here? And we're like, we're here to see Kobe. And he's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, no, for real. Like he said to meet us here at seven. And thankfully I'm tall or else there's no way yep. he would have believed yeah. us. But he's like, you know, if Kobe, if I would believe you, but if, if it was really Kobe, he would already been here. So, but I, you know what, I'll, I'll open up the gym for you. So open up the gym. The gym was being redone. There's no lines on the court. It's just like the hoop yeah. and like the wood. And the wood, yeah, the floor. And so then we're in there, we're shooting around. I'm stretching out real good and everything. And 6.45, no Kobe. 7 o'clock, no Kobe. 7.15, no Kobe. And I'm thinking like, okay, should I text him? Like, what should I, should I call him? Yeah. 7.30, no Kobe. So we're <laughs> like, all right, let's just hit him up. See, so I text him like, hey man, just wanted to make sure this is the right address. I've been, I'm at the spot. He's like, oh, you're there? Like text it back immediately. Yeah. Oh, you're there? Word, I'll be there in five minutes. Five minutes later, he walks in, throws his keys off to the bleachers, doesn't say any, like, my bad, I'm late, or, yo, what's up, man, how you yeah. doing? He's like, ball. And I threw him the ball, <laughs> and we worked for, like, two hours yeah. on all, like, mid-range footwork. And as soon as he was done with that, after about two hours, he's like, all right, same time, or no, he goes, all right, 5.45 tomorrow, I'll send you the address. And he dips. <laughs> And I'm like, what, he had at, a different like, address every time? <laughs> well, I'm looking at my assistant, because he literally, I'm telling you, he literally like went over to the thing, grabbed his keys and left. Wasn't Kobe's like, good awesome, work. Man. Wasn't so like, awesome. yo, that was really Straight good. Or like, you did great. No, he's like, I'll 5.45 tomorrow, I'll give you the time and the address. So I'm thinking like, he wasn't here at seven. How was he going to get here at 5.45? <laughs> yeah, I want right. to know why he was late. Right. <laughs> like, so, was and then, so the next day, we showed up at the at the spot, 5.45, Kobe was there before us. Um, opened up the door, like we go in there, did another workout, he stayed after for 30 minutes, we watched film. I think he, the whole, and it was like that the next two days. Yeah. And I think the whole thing was him just like testing me, like who is this, is he gonna, is he, does he wanna work? Yeah. Is he gonna be bullshitting, like what's his deal? Like, I, cause I'm not gonna put in the effort if he's not going right, to, right. type thing. Right. And, and I'm, I'm sure, then, like, it was, yeah, I'm sure, like, for sure. he's ah. he probably went back in the car, like, laughing, like, <laughs> <laughs> I, wonder I, how many, I wonder how many people got them, like, them stories of they scared to hit Kobe up. <laughs> Every, everybody, I bet you, everybody got everybody. a story like that. I wonder why they so scared to hit him up for advice because he's That's like, your, he's like your idol, you know, like, he's somebody you grow up watching. And I'm sure, like, did you have any moments? Your rookie year, because when I was a rookie, you know what? We're there at four. I'm there at four thirty mm-hmm. before the games. Like, mm-hmm. but every place that every there's a bunch of players where it's like I grew up fans. So when you see them for the first time, you're mm-hmm. like, you're geeked, you know? Yeah, like, right, like, right. and he Kobe was another one where it was like Kobe walked by us and was like, "Hey, Rooks, what's up?" First time we played him in preseason, and me and my boy are like, "Ah!" <laughs> 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 yeah, you know? I, I tell the story like all the time. Like, so like T Mac and Kobe obviously was my idols. And uh, I remember the first time playing both of those guys. But when we played T-Mac, I'm guarding him. He's in Atlanta at the time. Um, and this is like, you know, this is not the same T-Mac that we grew up liking. Um, but like, as I'm checking him, I'm like, damn, like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't even want to pressure him. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, yeah. I'm not trying to steal from him. Like, I, I was just in such an awe. Like, this man was glowing in front of me. Right. It, it, it <laughs> is, it's, nah, no bullshit. Like, I literally was like, 
Hey, you know me. Like I'm, I want. I like playing defense. Like I'm guarding him. I'm like, damn. Like I don't want to pressure him. Yeah, like, put my hand. Yeah, yeah. Like, all right, let me just token defense. Like, um, and he was just like so casually, like just dribbling the ball up the court. Like it, it, it was a cool moment. What was like? What was the first like? Cause I know my, I told the story the first time I guarded Kobe and he like elbowed me and like I pump, I go for one of his pump fakes. He elbows me and like goes, talks to the, to, to our bench. B. Shaw is one of our assistants at the time. He's like, yo, check the young fella for feathers. And I'm like, what kind of, like what? Like that's a different level of like shit talking. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Did you have like a, a, like a Kobe moment, your first matchup with him? So I would say, at the end, once I started playing at the end of my rookie year, we matched, we played the Lakers towards the very end. And I think I had just had a career high in Sacramento, like 19, mm -hmm. and I was feeling good. And then we played them the next night. And like, I kind of went toe to toe with him. And I think I had like 23, set another career high, mm -hmm. and then got a stop on him to win the game at the end of the game. That was like definitely like my, like, I think I made it in the NBA type mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. where I don't know if it was me getting a stop or him just not hitting the shot, but, <laughs> you know, it was something that I will always remember. Yeah, you got a chance to see him four times a year, too. That's... Oh, we got a, more than that because this was – remember we had eight preseason games? Remember oh, that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, we were in First L.A. for, like, yeah. a week. <laughs> <laughs> like, you were – those. Uh, I can't believe we played eight preseason games. Yeah. Because what do we do, three when you or think four about now, that now? And it's yeah. like, God. It even added, it's like, damn, he's as long. Like. I know. <laughs> Moving forward, you know, after 2017, it's your first all-star selection, and you decide to leave the Utah Jazz and sign with the Boston Celtics. But before you did sign with Boston, you had a couple meetings. Boston, the Heat, you probably talked with Utah as well. Yeah. Can you take us back to those meetings, and what in your heart made you feel like going to Boston was, was the right move for your career? Oh, man. That was one of the toughest decisions I've ever had to make. Uh, I think it was, so I ended up determined, the whole summer I was talking with my agent about teams that I could potentially go to and or wanted to go to, and we narrowed it down to those three. And uh, on those days, I took uh, flights to go. I, I went to Miami first and visited their whole thing. And I, I called my agent after that and said, I'm ready to sign in Miami. <laughs> um, done deal. Done deal. Yeah, done, done. Yeah. And he's like, well, just hold on a second. Just go to <laughs> these other ones. And then, you know, I was took a trip to Boston and Boston was really cool as well. I mean, I have Brad Stevens, who's my assistant coach, and Micah Shrewsbury, who was, uh, or not my assistant, my head coach. And uh, Micah Shrewsbury, who was my assistant at Butler, like he was my guy. Mm -hmm. He's there. They picked me up from the airport. Like it was like nothing had changed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It had been... Mm -hmm seven years but it was like we were like they were recruiting me back at butler so mm -hmm. i felt just right back at home um and that trip went really well and then i flew at the time i had a place in san diego and flew back to san diego and you know the jazz were there at my house um and you know obviously i had great run with them and so i i really it was hard, such a hard decision for me to to choose uh, ultimately, I think I went with Boston because I felt like at the time it was the best chance for us to win a title. They had a lot of great things going on. And more than anything, I would say Brad. Mm -hmm. I mean, me and like Brad recruited me when I was, Brad was actually the one that recruited me. He was an assistant when I was in high school first. So he recruited me. He was like one of the first ones. Like I said, I wasn't very highly recruited. So he was one of the first 
coaches that recruited me. And uh, then he ended up getting the head coaching job at Butler. And, you know, he was the first one to tell me he thought I had a chance to play in the NBA. So we just had a great relationship and I felt like that was the place for me to be. That's awesome. With that said, talking about Brad, because this rarely happened to NBA players where they get to get coached by their coach in college and in the NBA. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you, what qualities does he possess um, that makes him so good at both levels, you think? Oh, man. Brad is uh, hes one of the best, if not the best, X's and O's guys I've ever been around. So, like, his out-of-bounds plays that he would draw up. I mean, we would be in practice in college, and I always took the ball out of bounds. And at the end of practice, we would always uh, run some plays that I think he was just testing out in his <laughs> mind. And so he would draw them up, and he would tell me, he'd go through the play, and then he would tell me after everyone's out on the court, he'd be like, Gordon, here's the look. They're going to, this person's going to, you think this person's going to be open. They're not. They're going to switch this one and you're going to get this guy on the backside. It's going to be a wide open layup. And sure enough, that would have exactly what would happen yeah. out on the court. <laughs> um, and he was one of the ones guarding us. Uh, but <laughs> Say his name, point him out. Emerson Campin over there. He, was, <laughs> he got buckets on him. Um, but so he just, it was like he was just masterful at that type of stuff. And I think the thing that made him also really good was he was so prepared. Like he had a he had a plan for everything. Like he had plan A, and if that didn't work, plan B, and if that didn't work, plan C. And he was never there was nothing that would surprise him out on the court. Like it seemed like he was always one or two steps ahead. So I think that part easily translated from college to the NBA. You still communicate with him to this day? Yeah, we, me and Brad still talk from time to time. I mean, he's he's obviously doing his thing with with Boston. Right, and right. They're doing really well and. Um, but yeah, I mean, Brad will always be in my corner. I'll always be in Brad's corner, mm -hmm. no matter what. Another thing we have in common is we both had lower extremity injuries, right? Yeah. Started 2017 season, your first game there, opening night. I remember this this moment, man, watching it and just being like, damn, this, this team is stacked. Mm -hmm. You're there, Kyrie's there. Jalen Brown's second season, you guys just drafted Jason Tatum, Al Horford's there, like a loaded roster. And you're playing Cleveland in Cleveland, and then the injury happened. Mm -hmm. um, just before we get into the injury part of it, just talk about like, what was that expectation like? Like you, you said it yourself, you felt you could have went there and, yeah. and, and uh, you guys had something going there, but what was those internal conversations like leading up to the start of that 2017 season? Yeah, it, I mean, that part was all brand new to me. I'd never been on a team that was expected to compete for a title mm -hmm. and or win a title. Um, but I think that was one of the reasons why I wanted to go there. Because mm -hmm. um, I knew that they had, that if I went there, we would have something special. And, um, you know, our training camp was, I felt like we were trying to get adjusted to each other. We weren't, I wouldn't say we were firing on all cylinders because there's a lot of new pieces that we brought, and not only myself, but Kyrie was brand new as mm -hmm. well, and um, you know JT and JB, everyone's trying to fit together. But I think you could see it, the flashes that in training camp, you could just see that we were special. And so leading up to that, yeah, I mean, it was something that I hadn't been a part of. Mm -hmm. Walk me through the the difficulties of that process after being injured, mm -hmm. the rehab process, because. Uh, I heard that you said it wasn't necessarily the physical part of it. It was more yeah. the mental and 
just being away from the game that, that kind of sure. lost you a little bit. Yeah, I think, and you could probably relate, but it's obviously just, it's it gets lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, you are, and and to be honest, that was the first time that I had been significantly injured. I I'd, I'd luckily had never throughout my whole career had any mm-hmm. type of injury like that. I mean, you have little ones, but um, nothing that big where you're not playing for the whole year. Mm-hmm. And all you're doing is marble drills and um, trying to make competitions on balances and just trying to make any sort of thing fun mm-hmm. and competitive just mm-hmm. to get those juices flowing. Um, but certainly it's, it's uh, draining mentally and exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, I would say it was even more, it was even harder the next year uh, when I'm coming back because then you're, you're not all the way physically where you were, but you're able to still play. Right. And, uh, you know, we, and on top of that, that's where I think the mental side of it got really hard. Cause then you start, you start, you, you like, you start doubting yourself mm-hmm. that you don't have the same confidence you did cause mm-hmm. you, you're not playing at the same level because you're not moving and physically feeling the same. And, mm-hmm. and once I think doubt creeps in at all at this level, it's, it's really hard for you mm-hmm. um, because confidence is such a huge thing. The game is so mental in my opinion, mm-hmm. and it can turn you as a player. So that was the harder part for me that second season when, when I'm coming back, not necessarily, I mean, the, the initial injury part is good, but you can kind of lock in to like, all right, I'm trying to just get back. I'm trying to get back. I'm trying to, but you know, once you are quote unquote back on the court, mm-hmm. then it takes a whole nother level of like, get back to where I was. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Did you ever like, cause I know for me, uh, after that injury, I never felt I was the same. Mm-hmm. Like regardless people, I hear comments like, oh, you got better. You, you know, you know, you became more of a complete player after the injury, but knowing what I was capable of doing and knowing how well I moved, um, I never was quite able to like, you know, get back what I lost. Um, I, I did think I lost a step. Do mm-hmm. you feel like after that injury up until this point, like you feel like you're moving back normal? Did you feel like, or how long did it take for you to like, it, I mean, it, mentally like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm back. No, I, I mean, it's definitely, you're not the same player when you go through an injury like that. Uh, your body is never going to be the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have metal put in you, then metal taken out of you. You're your body tries to adapt and figure out different ways to, to make it work because you've made it work this whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, so no matter what, you're a different player. Now I think to your point, being out, you can find other ways to improve and it's not always all about uh, how fast you're moving versus change of pace and mm-hmm. all that other stuff. But certainly, yeah, um, you know, it was, like I said, that second year for sure was, was difficult and getting back and, um, I think, I think, I mean, obviously we're both getting a little older now, so (laughs) I wouldn't necessarily say that we're in our prime physically. (laughs) Um, but at this point in time, I don't feel my left ankle at all. And so I feel good from as far as that's concerned. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it did probably take me two and a half, three years though, to get back to get to that level, to feel where I was like, okay, I can fully explode off this and, Mm -hmm. and, and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It it is a, a, a mental, like, mind f going through situations like that because like people don't understand like you know it is our livelihood like this is what like 
when you get on the court, like this, that's your comfort zone, right? Like mm-hmm. you know what you're capable of, you know how well you can move, you know what you could do. And then the slightest, like it could be, you know, a little soreness in your knee and like now like, damn, I don't think I can get to a one-two pull up right now. Or like, yeah. I don't think I can attack my guy off the bounce right now. Or it's just like the small stuff like, damn, I used to be able to do this. Right. That's where the doubt comes in. Like, damn, so now like I'm limited. Like now I'm, I, I can't really get to my shit right here. Um, so I, I think people aren't mindful of, of like that level that we go through from right. a mental standpoint. Well, it's just that you got, we're playing against the best of the best. And if you don't, as good as, of an ath- as good of athletes as we are and as you are, if you don't feel like you're able to get to that one, two, like you said, now all of a sudden maybe you don't do that mm-hmm. and now you're not attacking. Mm-hmm. And then that, now you're hesitant. Mm-hmm. And then when you start being hesitant, yeah, now like people are like, damn, over. bro, be aggressive. It's, it's damn, over, yeah. I'm trying, like, <laughs> right. I just, I can't right here. Like, I can't get to what I want to get to. Right, um, and then you start pressing. Yeah, exactly. And now you're forcing, then you take some bad ones, mm-hmm. those rim out. Now mm-hmm. all of a sudden the easy ones you get, mm-hmm. you're missing. Mm-hmm. You're Next thing you know, fall. you're like one for eight in the first <laughs> yeah. half, and yeah, it can go downhill quick. So. Yeah, I've never really heard you talk about that, people, but I'm curious, like from outside looking in when you got injured, like, Obviously, to me, the only thing that I was like, okay, he's not like, is the jumping, mm-hmm. like the takeoff, you know, because he was explosive. He he could he could go in and, and dunk bit. on somebody. He was a little explosive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, clearly not that explosive. <laughs> you know, you were able to. Dunk God, it, yeah. um, <laughs> but like watching it, like you also felt like even just like a defensive stance or a, a, a hard jab step was was more difficult for you. You'd say after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely felt like I I just wasn't like my push off wasn't the same. My slides weren't the same. Um, just the explosiveness, like just getting off the floor, like all of that wasn't the same after the injury. And like I, like people still like, oh, you still like athletic, like yeah, <laughs> like from a like outside looking in, but like only I can really. Yeah, I seen you trying to double somebody. No more three sixty windmills, like <laughs> yeah, that, those that, days. Yeah. I think that's just ah. more just getting old. You just like, tried recently though. Who that? Somebody blocked you. <laughs> when you just when you uh, just he recently some I don't know P like a blocky block Isaiah Hardesty <laughs> yeah you got up to, there. I tried to punch on he him the night he tried to punch it he literally you didn't get it I didn't get it did they call the foul no uh-huh. they never they never call the foul <laughs> you didn't see that there we go it was just recently too he got up I was like oh P finna do this it was shit. set up perfect nope. too like and that's like that's another nod like damn. Even I like after that, like, damn, am I getting old? Like, like <laughs> the you old, the young old, like, I thought yeah. I was closer. Yeah. <laughs> young P would have finished him. I getting old. What's going on? So, Gordon, you mentioned the the following season that you had with the Celtics, mm-hmm. loaded with talent. You guys end up finishing fourth in the Eastern Conference, and you get knocked out in the second round versus the Bucks. Kyrie decides to leave the Celtics uh, for the Nets, but despite all that talent, it just seemed like you guys couldn't get together, whether there was chemistry issues. I know the media was, there was a ton of media surrounding the whole Kyrie situation. Mm-hmm. In your mind, why weren't you guys um, as successful as what you could have been? In my eyes, it was just, we all had, you know, as too many agendas and the agenda to win the whole thing was, was not the main one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I, not to blame anyone either, because I think it was all human nature. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. coming back from where the last season that I played, I was an all-star. So I'm trying to prove that I'm still an all-star. Mm-hmm. Kyrie was hurt the year before too, didn't miss the playoffs. So he's trying to prove like this is still his team. And mm-hmm. then you've got JT and uh, Jalen who and Terry who are coming off where they're all starting, make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, I think, the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, like they're all trying to prove like like we've arrived and we've made it and I'm an all-star. And, um, you know, then you had Marcus Smart trying to prove he should be starting and leading the team and – we also had Marcus Morris, who's really good. Like mm-hmm. we had, y'all were loaded. We had God. probably eight players that could go that had career highs of like over forty, mm-hmm. who were all like arguably in their prime. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like we were old and everyone used to. Like everyone was whoa, whoa, was whoa. still like. <laughs> that's not a. No, not a, like okay, not, okay, no, okay, no, okay, no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. Like you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not messing with you, bro. Um, yeah, I mean, and even yeah. at this time, like Al Horford still. Al Horford, yeah, young. he's still, yeah. yeah, exactly. So we had so many players, and we just could. And the other, in my opinion, the other problem is we were all there was too many of us in the exact same position. Mm-hmm. Um, we all needed the ball. We all rocked with the ball. Like we. Kyrie isn't necessarily a spot up shooter. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not really a spot up shooter. Mm-hmm. JT's not a, like so none of like we all like to have the ball and do our thing and mm-hmm. there's only one basketball, only one you basketball know? It's, yeah. and it's hard to make that work and and so I think that was that was our biggest issue was we were just trying to all prove stuff individually and never really came together as a team and even mm-hmm. even so we still made it to the second round and and that was with all the difficulties that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Did y'all were y'all having those hard conversations of like, hey, we get it. It's one basketball. Like we got. We had like out. eight of them. Okay, okay. <laughs> at least. Wait, did I've you guys been... walk away from it like with 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 a, a level of comfort knowing that no. like, all right, we're on the same page here? <laughs> no. it got worse every time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like one of those things where it's like we've had five players only meetings and you know. Things were said that were the right things, but I think it, like I said, it's just in it's one ear, service. right out, right out yeah. the other. Like, okay, that sounds nice, and we do need people to sacrifice, and we need it, but that person shouldn't be me. Yeah, like you <laughs> know, what I mean, it should be him from. to sacrifice, yeah. and I'll be the one that's leading the team. Yeah, yeah but everyone's thinking that. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. So I mean, we we I could give you stories for days on that, but. Tell them what we're here for. That's not. I can't. I'm not allowed to do that. So that's that. that no, we don't. We don't want to. We don't want to open any vaults that shouldn't be open. Yeah. Um, but I just only ask that because it's a similar situation of what we had to go through here to start the year out. Mm-hmm. You know, adding James to this group and the conversations we had to have about sacrificing and what that looked like. And I think it's different from where we're at to where you guys were at. We're an older group. Everyone's been paid. Everyone's, you know, it's, it's 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 not like we're individually still trying to crack this code of who right. we are in the league. Um, we all kind of know who we are, and at this point, only one of us has won, and that's Kawhi. So it's like whatever it is to do that we need to do individually to win. Like right, I'll right. make that sacrifice. So yeah, that was the only reason I, I we had yeah. To I mean, I think that's the that you hit that part huge. I mean, it's like you guys are clearly. And I mean, Emerson was saying yesterday he saw you, he was watching the game and was just seeing the conversations that you guys were having during timeouts amongst each other. Like mm-hmm. clearly they're trying to win. Mm-hmm. 
they could see that they're trying to figure it out and trying to put together a big time run here, mm-hmm. which I mean, after playing you guys, it should be definitely be possible. Yeah, like, it's yeah. Gonna be it, hard. It, it's going to be hard for somebody to beat you guys four times. Four times opinion. in a series, yeah. That's how we're so, looking at it. Like, you know, we might have a game where we're not connected. Like, something's not working, but like, come on, it's Clippers. tough. Tough to do that four Come on times. Clippers. Yeah. Us. Come on, Clippers. <laughs> no Clipper fan. Gotta do that. <laughs> now I want to ask you about two young ballers mm-hmm. that you played with early in their NBA career, and they go by the name of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you funny, B. Shut up. I want to know how apparent was their talent from day one, and did you? ever envisioned them becoming the pri- the premier duo that they became? Their talent was definitely apparent day one. The first open gym that I played in, it was apparent uh, with them. JT has always been able, ever since I've played with him, he's always been able to score at every level. Um, I mean, he was, like his ISO game, I remember in the open gym where I was like, man, this kid is 18 or 19 years old doing, doing all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and JB was, I can remember, you know, I. I've had to like work out hard every summer to get to be like 230 where I'm at now. And I would say I'm decently strong, not like, but whatever. And he, like, it was like his second year and he's 6'8, 230. And it was like, what in the world? Like jumping out the gym solid, (laughs) you know? And so it's like, man, these two. And I actually, on my, uh, on my visit with the Celtics, I was riding in the car with Brad. And he said his vision was for us to, like me and Kyrie and Al, to kind of run the team for the first three, four years and then have Jalen and Jason take over after Mm -hmm. that. So he could see it. Um, You know, I don't think anyone envisioned it happening as fast as it did. And I think because I got injured, because Kyrie got injured, it just opened the door for them to get that experience that I was talking about at the very beginning of this. Mm And that was the best thing for them mm-hmm. um, because they were able to hoop without, like if I'm still there, like they're not getting the ball as much, just how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and if Kyrie's not there, they're not having the, nearly as exactly. much responsibility in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're probably standing in the corner way more. Mm-hmm. But now they're handling and they're doing all the stuff and there's nobody else that's going to sub in for them. Mm-hmm. And so they just, they're able to hoop and do exactly what I said. I think that sped up their process. And obviously, you know, they're both, one of the best, oh, two of the best wings in the league. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're unbelievable. So, but certainly you could see it from day one, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Were they always connected? Like, were they always, because, you know, it, it, is it a level of them two just being competitive amongst each other? Or were they like, you know, I'm not going to step on your toes. You're not going to step on mine. I'm going to let you do you. You let me do me. I mean, I. Because you got I, two young, you like, have to ask alphas them, but there. from me, from me just being around them, yeah, they were certainly competing with everything. You could see it. Yeah. I mean, we were all competing with each other. That yeah. goes back to what the conversation <laughs> we just had. Like we were all, that was, instead of competing against the other team, we're competing against yeah. ourselves. Who's going to score 20? This dude thinks he's better than me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that was one of probably our biggest problems. Um, but I think it's, like I said, it's human nature. It's, it's they're trying to prove themselves. And um, it feels like they're at a good spot right now. I would say. Yeah, looks yeah, like they're in a good spot. Yeah, Man, yeah they, they got the record, don't they? <laughs> Jason Tatum, they, I mean, they both look good, but that yeah. last Boston game, Jason Tatum just, he was fun to watch. Yeah. Just like 
he's good. Like, he's, how do you he's, guard him? Yeah, he's he's unguardable. He's unguardable. Both he's of them. He little P. <laughs> yeah. Little young P. I, I call Jason Tatum young P. I, now I do think that I remember there was a play. I I think I was hurt and they played you guys, and I think he like crossed you or something he and hit a me. dagger. Yeah, he yeah, dropped me. Yeah, yeah. It was a that was like a that has that might be his welcome to the NBA moment. Yeah, <laughs> I I remember uh, and he did it like so humbly. I remember like. It happened, and then people were like asking him, "Like, damn, bro, you're not gonna like post or like you're not gonna say <laughs> something about what you did." He was like, "Nah, like that's like ultimately PG's my guy. Like, I'm yeah, not gonna yeah. do that." Uh, but yeah, he he, I think he stepped on my foot. He set me down. He he definitely set me down with with a little. I just remember when I was watching that, like, man, this kid is special. <laughs> yeah. Nah, he's and that is and he's one strong thing, too. Mm -hmm. He's gotten strong. Yeah. yeah. That one thing I will say is he uh that's another thing from day one, no matter if it was in practice or in the games, he was never afraid of the moment. Mm -hmm. He was he was always taking and making big shots, whether that was end of shot clock or end of game. Mm -hmm. Which is rare, which I think that's rare. To want, of people, to want of people, those moments. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of people can score throughout the game, but when you're 19 and the ball's in your hands to win the game, like. Mm -hmm. Comfortable. Comfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yo, how much do you think you're paying a month on subscriptions? Me? About $500 is too much. I'm going broke. I'm thinking at least a couple hundred dollars easily. It's gotta be up there. That's what I thought. Most people think they're paying $80 a month, but they're actually playing closer to like $200. That's why I use Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscription. It monitors on your spending and helps you lower your bills all in one place. And with over 5 million users and counting, Rocket Money has helped save its customers an average of $720 a year and $1 billion in total savings so far. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by by going to rocketmoney.com slash podcast P. That's rocketmoney.com slash podcast P. Now we'll we'll fast forward to where you're at now. You're in mm -hmm. Charlotte. You talked about this a little bit uh earlier into the show. This being year 14, you were at one point the single uh leader in double digit years in the league. Now that you guys just got uh Ish Smith. Right. What is it like being a veteran now to a, a group of young guys? Man, it's they keep me young for sure. Some of these sayings that they talk about, and <laughs> I don't even know what's going on half the time. Me and Ish kind of just hang out a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but it's you know it's 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 interesting how fast this thing goes mm -hmm. in the NBA because like I was just saying, it feels like just yesterday I'm walking in and I'm the young guy. Mm -hmm. I'm 20 years old, and we had somebody who was 34, Raja. And I'm thinking, man, that dude is so old. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's got kids. Right, <laughs> like, right. He's got a family. What is <laughs> like, and here I am, I got four kids and I'm, you know, some of these, I'm like, I'm like in the locker room and I can see, I see like my kids in some of my teammates, yeah. like them trying to pull stuff like in, be sneaky and different things. I'm like, I just told my daughter, like, like I might have been born at night. It wasn't last night. You know what I mean? Like, you feeling real I'm old. feeling like, man. Um, but no, it's been fun being in Charlotte. I mean, it's we have we've had 
some pretty unlucky injuries the past three years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we got, we, uh, we're trying to figure ourselves out right now, trying to figure out our identity and, um, you know, mellow being out, uh, has been pretty hurtful. <sighs> and, um, that's his favorite player. Yeah, <sighs> Keep talking. I'm hurt. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's hard, especially when you're, when it's your point guard who's out cause he right. sets the table for everybody. So, right. but we're, we're, we're trying to figure it out. Yeah. Well, speaking of you being a vet, your rookie and one of our podcast P family members, Brandon Miller. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he's been playing a good season so far this year. I say he's been balling, mm-hmm. I think. As a vet, what advice you gave him this season to work on his game? Yeah, uh, Brandon's been great for us so far. And even the first time that I met him this summer and worked out with him, he was he was great, ready to learn and super respectful. And I think he's somebody who um obviously a lot of people compare him to you and your Mm -hmm. game and i think it's because of how how smooth his movements are and how easy he makes the game look um you know he's got to get a little bit stronger too coach doesn't say the skinny part like your (laughs) old coach (laughs) once he puts on once once brandon puts on the weight which you can see he's got the body that he'll do that i think he's going to be a real problem uh for people in this league um but one thing that i always just try to tell people or the younger players and something that I learned from, from my vets like Earl Watson, Earl, Earl was the one that always told me this, like the NBA is a grind and there are going to be lots of games where you do not want to play the game for whatever reason, your mm-hmm. body's not feeling it. you got stuff going on at the house, whatever it is. And you got to be able to turn the professional switch on. Like it's a job mm-hmm. and you got to go to job and you got to perform whether or not you're feeling like it or not. And, and so that's what I try to tell the young guys is like, turn that switch on, man. Turn mm-hmm. on the switch. Let's go get it done. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to keep it with, the, with, your, with my favorite player I want to talk about now, man. Because <sighs> we know your teammate. But I want to ask you, um, since you, you've seen LaMelo Ball since his rookie uh, season as well. Yeah. And we, of course, know he's out with this injury right now. But I want to know what, how, how much has he developed since winning the rookie of the year he's gotten a lot better at um kind of like running the show for us i mean i think he's still learning that part of the game Lamelo is a hooper Lamelo just Lamelo is instinctual like he just goes out there and just and just plays he just hoops and there's another side of the game uh the cerebral part of the game and i think that's the part that he's trying to learn and you can see he's slowly starting to develop that part right um, right like chris paul i think is one of the most cerebral best players that we've had in a long time at doing that, controlling the game, controlling every part of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a point guard, I think that's that's really important in, in winning. And so I've seen that part of him grow since day one. Um, and he still has some work to do in that area, but that's the part I've seen that grow. Is, oh man, I watch literally all y'all games. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> I don't, I, only time I don't watch him is when he don't play. And I'm just being real yeah. because I, I like watching that boy play, man. Like I've been oh, watching him watch, since high sure. school, yeah. and to see a player like him with no fear, like how he has at a young age, like that, mm-hmm. like what he won rookie year in Lithuania, he won rookie year here, and then it's just like his confidence, man. It's like you playing with all these grown ups as you guys, y'all, you shooting over these guys with no fear, like you go to the rack, you doing passes that I know. If I did that on the team, coach is like, get 
the hell and sit down. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. This dude came in doing that, and it's like it's just impressive to watch. And you play with this dude, so I know you see way more than right. what we get to see. Well, he's that is that what you just said is one of his best attributes. It's not his best. I mean, and that's I think that attribute is really hard to find. That that like just don't care at all. Could miss. Could airball four mm -hmm. shots in a row, and he's still shooting the next one. Like he's hot. <laughs> I mean, like he's there's zero fear at all, and that that is what makes him special. There's no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. I love it. In your 14 years of being in the NBA on a, a talent scale, how where would you rank Lamelo? Is he one of the most talented, or where would you put him? Yeah, I mean, it's he's up there for sure. I mean, I've been blessed to play with some some super talented players. I mean, I haven't seen anybody, I mean, I guess it depends how you define the word talent, but I haven't seen anybody as talented as Kyrie, just with the ball and you're watching stuff that he does on the court, like court side, like how did he, wait, what did he just do? Oh, um, yeah. I mean, he's, and I would never really see him work on it either. It just would <laughs> just, it just would happen. And I've seen, I mean, his, the famous clip of him dribbling through everybody at USA Basketball, like I was right there on the court too yeah. for that one. Like, yeah. So, I mean, I was, to me, he's definitely the most, like I said, depends how you define talent, but, but, but the most talented, skilled player. Yeah. Especially at his size. I mean, he's not like the most athletic. He's not the quickest, but he's got it all. He's got it all. And I was telling people about that moment, like crazy how that moment happened because we were struggling yeah, yeah, against that USA team, and then here comes Kai, like yeah. just made that shit look so easy. Because <laughs> it was full court, right? Yeah, that's what it was. So there's been you know huge uh, or wide stories of the infamous mm -hmm. MJ coming down and playing one on one or playing in in these practices. Um, but this, you know, that was probably years closer to his 40s than, yeah. than him being in his his 50s. Uh, were there any stories like? or any practices that he came down and kind of got into. I wish I had something for you on this one. I got nothing. <laughs> nothing. I got nothing So MJ, was, there was no, was, is he at like the practices? Uh, it was no. just games. No. He came to some games, but like two or three when I, since I've been there, he's probably been less than, like five or less since I've been there. Okay. What? Cause we would have. mellow? Yeah. Dang. That's interesting. Well, yeah. so the first year I was there was COVID. Okay, okay. so nobody was around. <laughs> so <laughs> he showed up a couple times during that actually, but it was there was all these rules, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then sometimes he'll be at the games, but he'll be up in the suite, so you don't know if he's there or not. Got it. Mm. Um, but then he probably sat down there by the bench, like on the bench. Like I said, less than five. Yeah. Any cool interactions with 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 MJ? Like. Um, I mean, he'll let the refs have it now. Yeah. That is one thing. I don't know <laughs> yeah, if that funny. helps us or hurts us. <laughs> but he's going to get after the refs. Yeah. Um, and he'll like like I said, he's he would when he does sit and it's right right there on the bench. I mean, he's yelling. It it, I, it is it's definitely nerve-wracking with him sitting there. Yeah. I mean, this is a goat. Right. Yeah, he know right. all the refs. What am I going to go out there and do that he's not impressed? Like he <laughs> right. Like, he's done it all. He's yeah. seen it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that I don't know how I would. Oh, that'd be tough. Having MJ, MJ just looks at you, bro. Like, yeah, it's like being in high school and your coach. You don't you look yeah. at the coach every time you do. A I mean, shot we got ball. Jerry West at the games, and and even then, Nervous. I'm still like, yeah, damn, I, I know Jerry's gonna say some shit off this this move I just did, or 
this turnover I threw, like I know he's gonna have something for me. <laughs> I like the video of uh, so he does say something to you. Oh, apps all the time, all the time, which I appreciate. Like that's cool. I I like being coached and yeah. obviously hearing from from Jerry, who's you know was Kobe's mentor. Right. Um, like everything he says to me is golden. Honestly, right, like right. so I I appreciate the conversations with him, but he he it's he comes around a lot, but like you know. When he, when like it is those moments, he's definitely gonna let you hear like, like hey, like you, you should have did this or yeah, yeah, you know when you know this is how you know Kobe would have did or back back when I played like you know he have a stories oh, yeah. on stories of, of oh, yeah. shit I should have did. <laughs> <laughs> Want to finish up on on you know this part of the the conversation as you approach your final years uh, in Charlotte. Um, what does the future hold to you as you're winding down the last couple of years of your career? Like how, how <laughs> like what do you want to accomplish going forward? That's a good question. Um, you know what, I think it's, it's hard to look too far in the future because um, I don't know, I think, I think ever since I got injured, it, I, I like to just, take it game by game because mm -hmm. you just never know which game would be your last. Mm -hmm. um, and so right now I'm loving playing in Charlotte. Um, my, my family loves living in Charlotte. Uh, we got four, four great kids. Um, and so I'm just, I'm just loving being where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Love that. You're, you're all girl. All girl dad, right? No, we got the, my last one's a boy. The last one's Dang. a boy. We got the boy. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's Three right. Girls, I remember. And then the last one was boy. Yeah, 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 that's right. I remember my wife was telling me like, they're, they're expecting again. And I'm, and, and I'm, I knew at the time you had three girls. Oh yeah. So I'm like praying oh, for my hope. And I, I just had my really boy. Y'all really like so. twins. I was yeah. so high. My whole career, the same year, <laughs> yeah. the, the injuries. My last three, one was a boy. So. three teams, right? So you have, you, so you've got three kids? Three kids, two girls, one boy. Okay. Yeah. What are the ages? Nine, six, and two. Oh yeah, we are right there. Y'all fucking yeah. twins, dude. <laughs> Eight, I, seven, four, and three. So this yeah. is yeah, we're crazy. Right there. That means Christmas right must have been hype for you. <laughs> yeah, it was. Like the perfect ages. Yeah. Uh yeah, it, it, but it, my oldest is is crazy. My oldest is like not into like so quiet girl kid or kid <laughs> shit anymore. Like she asked for yeah. her her big thing was like facial. Uh, what does she want? Like, she wanted makeup and stuff. She wanted now? the the fridge to keep. It was that wasn't in the makeup fridge. Yeah, like, but it was a skincare. It like oh her biggest request was like skincare products, and I'm like. What? Not it though, didn't you? You don't want no, no Barbies. No Barbies is done. We're done with Barbies. Like, done. What are we doing? It here? goes by fast though. It's like yeah, one day exactly. all into it. Next day, come on, Dad. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's dope, man. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm right along with you, man, as as how I want my future to shape out as well. Like I'm right along with you. Like you don't know when is your last game. You don't know what to expect. Um, you just try to put one foot forward and see how far you can take it. Mm -hmm. You you think you got like I don't know, another three, four years? <laughs> that's a that's another great question, man. Yeah. Um we'll have to see what what where life takes me, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um if it's three or four more years, that'd be great. If it's not, that'd be great that'd too. That'd be great too. You're right. You, you you're know good either way. I'm good either way. Love it. 
Love that. So, Gordon, we always wrap up the show. We do a PG starting five where the guest uh, is going to pick a team against P's team centered around a subject like best dunkers, best shooters. Okay. And so for today's PG starting five, we're going to be selecting players from the 2010 draft class. So we're going to go from the one, two, three, four, five, and you get the first pick. Okay. So John's going to be my one. I'm going to go, damn, E.T. was my guy. But I'm gonna go Jordan Crawford. Jordan Crawford at, at my okay. one. Okay, you two guard, two guard. I'm going with PG as my two. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> got him. So now he can't pick him, right? <laughs> yeah. Nope. I can't pick him there, right? Yeah. He can pick you. All right, me and John doing a Dougie right now. Then you know what I mean. <laughs> we doing our shit. Um, at the two, I'm gonna go Lance. I'm gonna go Lance at the two. Go born ready. Oh man. <laughs> oh, three, guard. <laughs> three guard I'm going with myself at the three yourself at the three oh, we got a good one yeah, two three you right got a now, squad boy. right now ah, damn uh, my three I'm gonna go this is my guy I'm gonna go, go Wesley I'm gonna go Wesley Johnson that's my guy. I forgot I saw him yesterday he's like what is is he an assistant Uh, so he's or like part like of our player, player development, development yeah yeah and he still fuck can go I bet still can go he was one of the one dudes. I don't know, but did you ever work out against him? No, I didn't. He was the he was ducking. Yeah, him he, and ET were both. Well, I mean, they, they were, were like running. They were like top Projected three locked to, for yeah, sure. Top Which, four locked. But I remember those were the I was trying to work out against them. Yeah, I was trying. trying to, I like, got into a workout with those guys. Improve your draft stock. Um. Okay. Power four. That was a a four. Now is this this is this is like we're playing in today's NBA or like because no. in 2010 <laughs> you had to have double yeah, bigs a, a like you four, had to have right? yeah. Zach Randolph and Marcus All like Bynum and Powell Gasol. Hey, which this one your are we team. doing? Yeah. We doing two. Who do you want to put out on that floor? All right, I'm going uh, Al Farouk then at the four. I'm going small. You going small ball? Small ball. Al Farouk at the four. Okay. I'm gonna go. Damn. Who do I want as my four? I'm gonna go just off of his college career uh, and, and who was a bucket. I'm gonna go Luke Herringody. Luke Herringody was our draft class? He was our draft class. <laughs> no, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was a bucket. Five. Man, Alpha Roos gonna have a hard time blacking him out. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little unorthodox pick there. Um. Okay. At the five, we're going to Marcus at the five. Damn. Yeah. Your team That's a good one. Team. You got, right. you won. I won, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. Yeah. 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 I don't even, I can't even. drafted it, so I appreciate y'all <laughs> helping me out with that one. <laughs> I, I'm going to go Derek Favors. I'm going to go Derek oh, Favors yeah, at the five. Oh, that's that a good one. Yeah, I'm going to go D-Favors. Hey, that's the only chance. Might be the most, you you for sure won that one. I think that was your, yeah. We, we, that was the most lopsided. He he. That team is going to beat your team. Yeah, that team. That team's going to beat us. Usually a little. That closer. team's going to beat us. You did well. Thank you. Yeah. Well, well y'all got to stop giving guests the first picks, man. Like, they hey, got man, to. That's, 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 we got to read the rules. <laughs> they could have at least snake drafted it though. <laughs> They're the guests. You pick two. Man. I pick one. Yeah. Now that what we should start doing, switching it up. You get your first. Back to back, snake draft. Snake draft. That makes a little more sense. That gives me a little chance. I'm glad that we didn't do that. Well, before we wrap it up, everybody, with our wonderful guests, we got to congratulate somebody who just, how can I say, 
enter the 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 seventeen thousand point club, and uh, I think he goes by the name of Appreciate Paul it. George. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry that it, it happened when he hit that dagger against y'all. That's all right. But you know, <laughs> he's had lots hey, of those points against us. Congratulations, my brother. On, Appreciate on that. Internet. Appreciate that. You know, it's accolade in your life, man. That's a lot of points, P. It is. I, I you know, if I can, if I can get the twenty k, that then we just be... congratulated uh James, right? Yeah, H. Yeah, James. H just hit twenty five, right? Yeah, damn, that's and you seventeen, twenty or twenty five, twenty five. I can't remember. remember twenty five, right? Was it? Yeah, that's James a lot. Just scored twenty five. Twenty five thousand. Shit, seventeen thousand wow. is a lot. 000. Yeah, but that's <laughs> a big is a lot. Thirty bro. fucking. Oh. What is Bron? Thirty two, thirty three, thirty four. No, what like is thirty nine, bro? 40,000 points. Yeah. It's crazy. It's yeah. something. Is he hey, yes. God. Yeah. That's crazy. He yeah, he's going to get that right <laughs> I can't even imagine another. That's outrageous. Yeah. That's more than half of what I have. Y'all twins. <laughs> where you at? I don't know where I'm at. Okay, because I know y'all twins. Are I'm you playing. tracking it? Is is nah. No. You don't care. Fuck it. How you feel, <laughs> P? Remember how we was asking you about accolades the other day? If you had scored such and such points, you got 17,000. How you feel? I mean, you know, that, I, I, uh, I, I feel good. Yeah, you know, I, I feel good. I don't. I don't. I mean, like, I, I don't go into it like uh, I, I had no clue I was even in that area. I knew I had just eclipsed fifteen, but like, I don't. I don't know where I'm at. You know He's what I mean? so humble. You don't He's so like humble. It's not like two K where I know like, all right, I got sixteen thousand nine hundred and ninety six points right now. Like, it's not two K. Like, I don't have that hovering over my head. <laughs> he just. He just. Being <laughs> he got so many points. I need a three like, on this one. <laughs> Whatever. But look, G, you, you pass it to me. You was a wonderful. <laughs> about to hit seventeen thousand. Hit, hit me. Since you being a wonderful guest, as we always do in the new season, we give our guests some merchandise, and we want to give you some podcast oh, P merch, sweet. man. There we go. Thank there we you, go. Man. You right. connected now, you brother. Family, man. Hey, thank you for having Where's me out. This was yes, fun. sir. Thank Part you of for family. coming, man. Yeah. And give, tell us all your great stories. <laughs> Just a few of them. Hey man, we appreciate you. We 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 thankful to, uh, that we could take up a little bit out of your time. Uh, you coming down and being a part of the pod, man. We we definitely thank you for that. Yeah, uh, shout no out problem. GH episode. It's a wrap, guys. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs>